Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week on the Explomity Podcast, we sit down with Benjamin Hauer, otherwise known as Thing on its own, the lead developer of Heroes Hour, a hero might magic homage, and a game I think a lot of you guys are going to want to check out after this interview. So stay tuned. And now for an Explominate interview. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Explority Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me today is my co-host, Sean. Welcome, Sean. Good morning, Rob. How's it going? It's going well. I appreciate you getting up super early to be here, man. What's what's the time there? Uh, it's about quarter past five in the morning at the moment. So not super early, but yeah, it's all good. It's early enough. I'm sure most people don't even get up that early. So thank you for being here. And joining us today, we're going to have a special guest with us. It's another Benjamin, and he is the man behind the game Heroes Hour, which is a game I'm going to let him explain to you. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So Heroes Hour is a game that I've actually been playing on our YouTube channel, and I think it's starting to pick up quite a bit of steam here in this like indie world, you know, kind of the the strategy gaming circles. It's starting to, you know, catch a lot of people's interest. And I want you to tell me a little bit about, if you could, in your own words, explain to me what Heroes Hour is. Oh, wow. Well, Heroes Hour is, I, I keep calling it a, a strategy RPG. I don't really know if that's a real genre name or not, but to explain it a bit better, I guess a lot of your viewers are going to be very familiar with a franchise known as Heroes Might Magic. And Heroes Hour is sort of my love letter to this game that has followed me throughout my childhood and into my adolescence too. And trying to take it in a new direction because as an adult, I just don't have time for that kind of game. So I spice it up with some some things like real-time battles and more streamlined economy that goes a bit faster. And I guess that's that's Heroes Hour. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good explanation, actually. And for me, in my own words, I'd say Heroes Hour is like, yeah, as you'd say, a love letter to the Heroes in My Magic series. But I, it's in a beautiful pixel art style that I think that just really kind of harkens back to the old days. But it's it's so colorful and, and vibrant that it just, you know, it makes you love it. <laughs> so I really like that about the game. And I think that also helps you, too, because I think you're are you doing most of the pixel art? I actually got this, the, the whole start of the project was when I discovered an artist that was doing the exact style that the game is now using. And we're still working with that artist, though at this point I'm, I'm more and more starting to go into making most of the art myself. There's also a third artist, but it's really centered around the original art style de- developed by the artist known as I Know King Rabbit or, or Krill. Or Alexander Makarov, he actually has a human name too. And I'm really happy that I've been able to like join his vision of how this game could look in a, a very retro state and still taking the hero's hour like 
I'm, I'm sorry to talk all of that, but that art style to take it to new levels, new heights from where it started. So as, as mentioned, like I'm going into I'm making more and more of the art myself, but it's always in the, the like walking in the footsteps that uh, Alexander started out with. I didn't know you had three artists because the art style does feel <laughs> it, it feels congruent. Like right? I just didn't know. I wouldn't have known if you hadn't told me. So that's great stuff. And there's even a fourth artist, uh, to be honest. But it's just artists all around. But it's it's all about a lot of people I met throughout making the game that then have uh, joined up and became become part of it too. Yeah. And as we're speaking here on Discord, his avatar on Discord is an actual GIF. So as he talks, the hand that I guess it's representing is like is like waving in some cool like spell power, and it's a super cool. I mean, that's that's something I just I've never seen before. That's super cool. It lo- it looks super odd. Like the first time I noticed it, I was honestly frightened. I hadn't expected that to be a thing, but yeah, you should totally go and make a animated uh, Discord avatar. <laughs> That's definitely what I'm doing. That's great stuff. Well, so Benjamin, tell me, how did you get into game design like or game development, I should say? I mean, do you have a history in private development or did you always sort of do this as a hobby? I mean, it's always been a hobby, yeah. I've been doing it like since I was a, a kiddo and more and more seriously throughout the years, I guess. I guess the, the best the, th- the best story I can tell is that the name thing in Zone that I'm using right now, it actually used to be a blog that I was writing. And it was a blog centered around uh, procedural generation. It's still floating around there up on the interwebs. It's not particularly popular, but it has some, um, some good write-ups of different ways to do procedural generation. And if I were to actually describe what I am good at as a programmer, a developer, it would actually be procedural generation, even though it ends up being quite a niche thing in a game like Heroes Hour. It's still quite central to the way that I approach things. Wow. So I think you're probably the first person I've ever spoken to that has like this, I guess, uh, focus on procedural generation, because I mean, A, I didn't know that that was something you could focus on, but B, it is, it's really central to a lot of the kind of games that I personally enjoy. I really like especially strategy games that have like procedurally generated maps. So yeah, tell me more. How does, I mean, exactly what goes into learning how to procedurally generate stuff? (laughs) It's a very difficult question to answer. Like I started out just stalking uh, the the Reddit for procedural generation. And you see a lot of different methods being uh, thrown around. And I'll be honest, when it comes to doing procedural generation, it really is about being pragmatic. Theories and Deep understandings are fine, but honestly, you should just focus on, okay, I want to make this thing. What kind of method can I do? What kind of combination of weird things that honestly shouldn't touch each other at all can I, make, can I use to, to create something that works? It's at least the way I use procedural narration. It's very much so goal-focused. So for instance, for Heroes Hour, all the maps that you play on usually are procedurally generated. And the way that I do those maps is very different from how other people who are making maps uh, with procedural generation do it. Like they might start it out with like terrain contours, like mountains go here and waters go here, and they would use Perlin noise for that, for instance. But that just doesn't work when the thing that you're trying to make is a game that people play with these very strict rules for how you move the different directions and such. So for Heroes Hour, I had to think a diff- completely different way to generate a map so that it would actually be interesting to play with. Like it wouldn't work out to. Procedural generator generates a map that looks very realistic, but you start out on an island that only has a single mine, while your opponent has a lot of things, So that's, uh, for instance. So it's really about the kind of thing you want to accomplish and to think creatively with the few tools you have. You don't need to understand everything in depth. You just 
need to know what you, the problem you're trying to solve and just think about it into, until you, you get the idea that actually works. Then implement it, then find out it doesn't work, and then continue from there. <laughs> I bet you it's an iterative process, right? Like you're just trying to... Right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, so let's go back to like your, your idea, right? So you decided that you've always really enjoyed the Heroes of Might and Magic series, but you don't have the time for some of the things that you know, maybe we're part of the gameplay mechanics. And so I, I noticed you have streamlined some of what's going on here, particularly the battles. So can you tell me a little bit about what made you decide to go with the auto battle system? I mean, there's two different stories to tell there. Like the first very naive story is just to say that back when I was a kid, I playing Hero, Heroes of Mind Magic, I always wanted to see the whole army. Like instead of having one unit with this number 20 underneath it, I wanted to see all 20 units. I wanted to see the whole thing. So that's the one part of the idea of how I arrived to auto battles. But quite obviously, if you just have, you can actually just do that. You can just have lots of units on the battlefield instead of uh, fewer. It's just going to make everything more complex, more complicated. It take longer time to move all the units around. So the whole idea about auto battles is kind of stemming from a very different thing. It's stemming from several different prototypes of games I was making throughout the last three, four years. I think the first one was a sort of um, Pokemon-inspired thing where I wanted to do some sort of combat like that, but as an auto-battler. And then I did a, a different project that had a different take on the whole auto-battle formula. And then finally, Heroes Hour was the third take on this whole, let's try to make an auto-battler that's interesting. And then also within this whole procedural generated adventure maps thing. And that seemed to work out. So it's it's half this idea as a kid, I want to see everything play out, and it's half the result of successive iterations upon this game idea for an auto-battler. The strangest thing is that since making Heroes Hour, I have seen a lot of people reviewing the game, etc. And I wasn't actually aware of there being a genre of game called auto-battler before I started. It's actually something that kind of snuck up on me, and then suddenly I realized, oh, this is the thing I'd made, and I hadn't even known that that was the thing I was making. <laughs> um, but now it's so obvious, yeah, it, it was an auto-battle all along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet you that was a bit of a shock to be like, yeah, you know, I think I'm doing something new here. Oh, wait, there's there's an actual <laughs> genre here that's that I'm just kind of keying into. But yeah, I mean, I think it's really great because I think that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I enjoy kind of letting things like I enjoy being more of a like a battlefield general instead of a tactician. So I like kind of like, you know, and, and what you do with Heroes Hour is that you set your armies like your each your each unit type you know you can put them in different places on the map so that you know if you have your melee units they're closer in and you have your ranged units they get sent farther back and then you are also able to manipulate the battlefield by throwing spells down and when you go do that it pauses the battle which i really like so that was a really cool system what made you come up with that Apart from throwing spells on the battlefield, you can also make movement orders. Like you can actually move, choose to move different groups of units around. It's not a particularly used feature for people who are like getting into the game, but within the competitive scene, there's actually a lot of movement orders throwing, being thrown around, which I'm kind of startled by. It was never really the idea to do this hybrid between auto battler and having control of the battle. When I started the game, it was very strict on the whole. So you go into combat, combat happens, you leave combat. And the whole game was based around the idea that 
when you go into combat, you can't play the combat perfectly. It's going to move automatically, so you're going to lose some units. But then I started playing the game with my brother, and he was like, yes, this is cool, but I want to place the units, I want to control the units. And that's kind of what slowly has forced me to give more and more control of the, the battles to the player, including including the spell book where you actually get time to think, including giving movement orders, including putting down the units on the battlefield to start with, like where they go, and also the whole reinforcement system. All of those things were not actually part of the original idea, but kind of things that were invented because of the feedback from people who were playing the game. Yeah, so in the time that I've spent with it, one of the things that I found really, really interesting was the chaos that could be caused in the battles because you have the units... You know, they have all these abilities. You can knock everybody around and hit people with lightning. And then you've got all these different units, like the Midas unit, that can turn into turn other enemies or themselves into gold. And just wanted to ask, how hard was it to come up with all that stuff? Because it seems like there's a lot of random elements that can be introduced into combat. I actually don't think coming up with all the ideas was the difficult part. Sometimes the more difficult part was to keep myself back from just implementing more and more things. It's quite interesting you can have some of these mechanics that are very specifically designed, like, for instance, how poison works. Like, you design every single part of it, and then there's other functions that are way more... I wouldn't call it procedural as such, but it's kind of out of your um, control. For instance, when I implemented bills giving knockback effects to the units you cast them on, the idea really was just to say, oh, you actually get... You need to get the feeling that the spell is impactful. But then... I realized you could also use the knockback effect to actually throw the units around. Or, for instance, if you're doing a siege, you can actually throw a fireball into the castle of the enemy and throw out some of the units above the wall, flying over and landing into your melee units standing on the other side of the wall. Like, those kinds of abilities were never really something I thought up. It's something that happened instead. And I think those are the abilities that work really well. The ones that are very open-ended uh, and actually lead to these mechanics that weren't there originally. So it's very easy to make up a lot of ideas for things. The, the difficult part is to make sure you only keep the things that are actually impactful, impactful enough for people to notice them within the chaos of the battlefield, and also open enough that people can create strange synergies between the different effects. For instance, you mentioned the, the Midas touch ability, which is basically a low chance to instant kill any enemy. I've seen players who are specifically using this ability to kill the enemy hero. If the enemy player is putting a lot of points into combat and health for the hero, they'll just send in their Midas Touch units specifically to target the enemy hero. Even though Midas Touch was really more thought of as some, some sort of, oh, this looks cool, and it's also going to give you some gold after combat, that there's also the openness for it to be used in a very strategic way that wasn't originally planned. It's just, that's, that's kind of the crux of a good design. Yeah, I'll have to echo Sean's sentiment. I, I generally, you know, for me, I've got, I guess I've just old and crotchety at this point. You know, this, like, so there's two things that I think Heroes Hour does well to keep me entertained in that, A, yes, the mayhem of combat. It's so exciting. It's like, I mean, th there's there's been so many times, like where you mentioned, you know, fireballs flinging units across the castle walls. And there's been times where I've been in combat and things are just kind of so hectic and crazy that it's just it, entertaining, really. It's just like one thing's doing this and like, you know, the next thing you know, you see enemies flying and, you know, there's lightning striking across the, you know, it's just, it's really entertaining to watch. And second of all, they, they're over pretty quickly. And for me, again, I'm... I guess I'm just at a point in my life where I don't like to be taken away from 
like the strategy level of a game and in the in a, in a type of game like this. So I don't really like, you know, I don't like combat to take forever. And I think that Heroes Hour has met that real fine balance between, you know, taking enough time that I feel like it's entertaining and also impactful, but also not taking so much time where I feel like I'm being drawn away from the strategy field for too long. I'm very glad to hear that's exactly the balance I was trying to to strive for. I think it's a, a common thing, like when you're getting into these years, you, you're starting to understand that sometimes games take a lot of time in a good way, and sometimes they take a lot of time in a, a way the way you afterwards are thinking, hmm, wonder where that time went. <laughs> I agreed. I understand that completely. So right now, I know that there's a lot of them, but how many factions does Heroes Hour have? It has 10 different factions. It's kind of the fault of coming from trying to make a game that's it's an improvement on a game that was already so content-rich when it came to having factions. And then at some point, I just became really happy with the whole thing of adding factions. So at this point, you have all the all the normal ones. You have humans, you have goblins, you have elves, etc. But there's also a few unique ones. There's even currently there's 10 that are playable in the game, but there's also... An extra faction that's only playable on my computer for no one else, and it's going to be available for people eventually, which is a Jin Dynasty-inspired faction, which is really exciting. And finally, for the 12th faction, just because we need to get into these kinds of numbers that are completely absurd, I'm doing some community design where I'm basically I'm making a lot of ideas and then making people vote for which ones are going to be chosen. So we're also going to have a 12th community design faction Though that's probably going to be something that's added post-release. Right. Now you've mentioned that there was a competitive scene as well. Is that intended to be like a like a primary game mode? Like how how is how is that going to work? It's difficult because how to put this? Okay, so you know how it goes within the games that sometimes a developer goes out and says, "Hey, we're going to be making multiplayer," and then they disappear for like a year or something like that because that's just the kind of kind of time it takes to implement multiplayer in a game. For that reason, Heroes Hour currently works quite fine as a single-player game. It even has multiplayer, just not real multiplayer. It has um, local multiplayer. It has hot seat mode, which is quite fine for PvP if you're playing between friends. You can have a laugh. But it's not really... The games tend to stretch on quite long, just because you're two people playing. And I do not think that that's really viable as a primary mode for the game. I think it's more like an auxiliary thing. Like, you have the hero's hour experience as a central thing and then there's some people who are going to go into making custom content for the game there's some people who are going to go into trying to perfect how to speedrun the game let's say and there's some people who are going to be focusing on the competitive multiplayer but it can't really be the central thing just because i could not see myself putting off four hours in my day to sit down and, uh, and play a game and if i can't ask myself to take that long i can't ask my player base to take that long either yeah that's absolutely fair i, I wouldn't be able to do that either now you mentioned custom content so is there going to be modding available in this as well oh yeah yeah for certain i'm that's actually one of the things i'm working on right now like the game is in a, a weird phase between it's it's sort of released but it's not released in steam yet and one of the things i'm working on right uh, in this area is mudding what's it called mudding implementation mudding support throughout christmas i was working on implementing faction mudding so now you can even add new factions to the game if 10 wasn't enough already so you can add units to the game you can add heroes you can add factions and it's actually quite easy 
also some extra types of modding, but those are the most important ones, I think. There's a really cool mod out now, which is an ant-based faction. I, I love the concept of it, that some user decided, like, ants are wonderful creatures, but just to design a whole full faction about around it. Like, I'd never do that as a developer, because I have to think about, oh, it, what, what's, really, what's really going to... What's really something that's wide enough for people to have a wide appeal to it? Um, so seeing someone focus in on making an ant faction, one of the more strangely requested factions uh, within the community throughout the time, like not just by one user, but by several users, it's just wonderful. It's quite a great faction too. And I'm amazed at how this artist is able to make ants appealing as pixel art creatures and also varied enough for there to be... Uh, Eight different ant species, all of which are, you know, ants, basically <laughs> the same shape. I'm really excited about that. It's it's called the Colony Mod. It's it's super duper cool. You keep speaking about your community, and I'm curious, where are you guys located? Are you on Discord? Do you have a forum? I think Discord is the primary one, for certain. I also have some Twitter. There's technically a Reddit. I honestly have not been able to keep up with the HIO page. So yeah, the community is on the Discord. It's quite large. It's quite li- lively with forums for all the different kinds of creatures, like the ones that are interested in the tournament and the ones that are interested in the mudding scene. And also people that are just interested in hanging out, of course. That's awesome. Yeah, and so you mentioned, too, this like weird kind of status you're in right now where you have a game that's on itch.io that you're still actively developing on and, and updating. In fact, I believe you said that you'll have an update sometime this weekend with some more of the city art. Is that what I understand? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's quite correct. Like, so the, f- the first time I heard of you, Explominate People, was, of course, back when in, in, I think it was in July, when I was doing the version one release. And I really thought back then that this was it. This was when the game was just done and finished, and I could take a well-deserved break. And instead, right now, we're looking at, uh, I'm looking at releasing version 1.9 this weekend. There's a pre-release up currently, so it's, it's kind of there, collecting some bugs, perhaps, before going up to the full release. And then we're looking towards a end of winter full release on Steam. The thing that I'm calling version 2.0, just because it's kind of, the game has technically already been released, but this is quite a big release. So much has happened since the release back in July that it basically makes sense to to give it a whole new major number. From what I've seen, and maybe you can help me kind of fill in the gap. So, so back back to where I was going, actually. With, so you've released the game on itch.io, and then from my understanding, you've also picked up a publisher too, right? Going into the Steam release? Yes, uh, I'm collaborating with the Goblin Set people. They're, they're mostly handling, well, I guess that's kind of obvious, them being the publishers. They're, kind, they're mostly handling marketing and also localizations. Probably also they're the ones that I'm going to be cooperating with when it comes to releases on other platforms and PC. Because seriously, I don't know how to do those things. I don't even have any other other console than a computer in my <laughs> available. So yeah, they're also they they've joined the family, so to say. Or maybe I've joined the family, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, there you go. So in with that though, if we consider 1.0 the the version that came out in July and then everything you've done since then, I mean, can you kind of I mean, like, would you mind giving us kind of like a summary of what you've improved? Because I know there's been a lot of I've kept tabs on your, you know, your development cycle and how well you've improved Heroes Hour. But would you mind kind of giving us a summary on what you've been doing? I wonder how best to do it. Like the, the big taglines is that I've added two new factions since then. And I also 
Oh, I, I wish I remembered, like 25 new hero skills, more than 100 new units, all the different kinds of modding support, including map maker, including factions, heroes, units. Combat sound effects weren't even a thing back in the V1.0 days. Quite a lot of things have changed, and most of them for the better. Other things that have changed is just the thing that happened when I released version 1, and it was like, now's the time to take a break, is that I sat down and was like, I know what I want to add. And I started working on adding, you know, the second part of the map, as I thought of it back then, which was um, the seas, islands, portals, more things to explore across the map. And it's kind of faded since then, because at this point it's, it's old hat, but it's actually quite a large change that happened. It, was, it also made the game quite unstable for, for, for a while. These things happen. But it's also what... I'm just reminded of a time when I was sitting around and wasn't thinking too much about Heroes Hour because everything was kind of at a low. And I received a message from someone who says that they, were, they really enjoyed playing gigantic maps. And they were actually wondering if they could play a map where there wasn't even an enemy AI. Just because the, they really wanted... They really loved the whole thing of exploring the map and seeing wh- where everything was. So I guess in one way, actually going deep enough with the procedural generated maps that are actually interesting was also something that was accomplished. Well, I thought I'd explored most of the abilities and stuff, but apparently I'm not even close. <laughs> Just going back a little bit with what you were saying about the publisher, they were talking about different platforms. Do you think this might ever release on something apart from PC? Because it might actually work, because you're not controlling them that much during combat, and they're like, it might actually work on other like consoles and stuff. I can't say too much. I literally have a contract on my table that's about that. But it's something that is quite realistic. Let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So moving into version 2.0, so right now with 1.9, I know you've made some, you know, you've continued to iterate on some improvements. You're going to, I, I really love what you've done. So originally with the version 1.0 release, you know, the each city that each faction had was all the same, right? You had this like kind of like perfunctory menu and you were able to go through and build different buildings and, you know, allow yourself to build new units through this, this you know, almost kind of like, I guess it's just, you know, I guess the best way to describe it would be a menu. But now you have these beautiful pixel art backgrounds that show each of the faction cities and, and you know, kind of, you know, look very unique and, and bring to light and kind of bring to life these factions. So where where are you headed from now? So I know that you're adding the last of the, the ones that you hadn't had before before 2.0, but what else are you doing between now and 2.0 that will you know, make the game better or kind of finish your vision of what Heroes Hour should be? Not much, to be honest. It's it's kind of strange for me because as a person, the time I'm most excited about working on the game is when I'm adding something new. And for once, I actually have to limit myself from doing such because right now it's the time for polishing, it's for bug fixing, it's for quality of life improvements, maybe some extra options for how you want to play the game. But the general gist is that there's not going to be a lot of change between now and version 2.0, apart from things that I specifically decide to not release to the public. For instance, the the 11th faction is not going to be added before version 2.0, specifically because I decide not to. Everything else is going to be quite a smooth transition from now until then, which is sad, but it's also a very important part of the game development, I guess. This is where usually you would not hear a lot from the game developer because they were just out there doing the thing, finishing up everything. The thing that used to be so commonly 
known as the cr- time for crush, crunching, crunch time. Instead, I'm sitting here with a game that's already rele- been released with a lot of people playing it, but I'm still needing to go through this period where everything is just a bit focused, a bit unexciting, as the case may be. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess for the most part, leading up to release, especially since you say, you know, end of winter, which, you know, for me, at least sounds like a March-ish release date. But with that, you know, I guess the the end of the time where you get to a point where you're mostly feature complete, and you've got a lot of content, you want to get things as smooth as possible. And, you know, as you said, kind of queue up on some some quality of life things and stuff like that. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm really excited. Personally, I think the game is already a lot of fun and you know i know that you have a a strong passion for it so it's really cool i think in fact i I believe it's almost probably one of the few times where i've really kind of followed an indie developer and a you're you're very good at at hyping up your own game which is extraordinarily unique i think a lot of indie developers have a hard time with marketing but you push things out on twitter and through your social channels often enough that i'm like oh yeah heroes are this game is great i need to go back to it but the other thing is too with the the ongoing community thing that you've done, I think is a, is a fantastic idea. The community faction contest of sorts, where you put out a vote. I think there's like 32 original ideas, right? Right. So the community faction thing has been a thing I've been juggling around for a long while, and it's finally coming to pass. There's been two wo- votes so far. The first vote was it was actually 38 different faction concepts that people were going to vote for. And I put the, myself the absurd task of actually making a sprite for every single faction, too. That vote ended back uh, back this Friday with five win- winners moving on from the first round to the next round. So the round that's currently going on has just five factions, but each of them is more fleshed out with more ideas from the community. I'm already looking at the results now, and it's actually, I guess I shouldn't be doing that, but there's like one, 131 of them. And I kind of have the feeling that it's not going to change too much between before the end. So I already kind of know which faction is going to be the one that's winning. But apart from just voting for the faction, it's also about voting for the different mechanics ideas. I'm going to try to do something a bit different than usual, because usually I have complete authorial control. And here I'm trying to make sure that the people's voices are being heard um, <laughs> that they get as far as possible. And everyone is very angry. Because they, they started out with being 38 factions, and quite obviously not everyone can win. So everyone has the favorite faction, which isn't going to get come in. It's like democracy apparently just leaves everyone unhappy, and <laughs> I hope in the end people are going to excite, be excited for the winner. Um, I'm quite excited, at least. Yeah, that's funny. I, you know, it's it's hilarious that you're trying to do something to engage the community. And I t- it always seems to be the case, right? Like, you're going to make some people happy, but there's going to be so many more people that are, you know, frustrated or angry that their their particular, you know, choice or vote didn't make it. So I, for me personally, I had a feeling, I mean, I, I don't know. And I and just so that everyone is aware, I don't have any clue as to how the votes are going. But I have a feeling based on like the, the fervor and excitement that the frog faction might be up there because there just seems to be a lot of people who seem to like frogs which is cool i like that and you know the little the pixel art for the frog faction was really cute so i think that's part of why it was getting you know a lot of the traction it did but it seemed to be what a lot of people were voting for so i, I won't be i won't be surprised if they're the ones that come out on top and uh they've already lost i'm very sorry to report this <laughs> oh no i didn't know that oh no <laughs> i think they're actually in in the bottom yeah and then the t- in the bottom 10 Man, you know what? That's I, I'm 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 really happy with the pixel art I made for that. It was basically a mix between a frog and the gorilla, 
it worked out really well, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I just saw a lot of people on Twitter saying frogs, and I was like, oh, I guess they're going to do well. Then it was probably the D Deep Sea Faction was another one that, for me, I was personally very excited about. I'm, I'm a, I don't know why. I've got this weird obsession with, with sea creatures and, you know, dolphins and whales so deep sea would be cool to see but i'm excited to see what ends up coming i, I think that's a really good idea and I, I you know it's a page out of some developers books i don't know if you're familiar with amplitude studios but amplitude studios is is very good at at bringing their community in to vote on you know sometimes as big of things as like factions and it seems to kind of be a marketing tool in and of itself because it's getting people engaged and getting people kind of you know invested in the game so that's a great idea Right. I, I kind of from from the start of it, I've tried to do as much community outreach. As, as mentioned, my original vision for Heroes Hour didn't even include having any control combat at all, which has kind of left me humbled to see that I think my ideas are great. I also think my ideas in the vacuum are not particularly useful. I kind of need to get some feedback on them too. Things like, what's it called? Actually... How reinforcements work in the game are actually also the result of a vote that I did in Twitter back when I had like 100 followers and there was 30 people voting, and which are still influencing how the game works today. Yeah, so no, this is this is really cool. Like I I already enjoy what's there, and it feels like a you know, it already does feel like a complete game, as Rob was saying. And I actually was going to ask him whether whether was whether there was a dolphin race that he wanted to be involved because I knew that's something uh, he'd go for. I, I I voted for it. I said something on Twitter. I wanted to see like a cetacean race, but I think that there was already 38 other <laughs> ideas and I don't think that I couldn't do that to Benjamin. I, I'm sure. And plus it'd be hard to kind of, I mean, it's a land-based game. So I feel like if you're like having like walking, talking whales and dolphins, it would be, I mean, you could do it. It'd be weird as hell, but you could do it. Yeah, they could be like, Street sharks, but dolphins. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there. Nailed it. There you go. That one for free. <laughs> land sharks are very uh, popular creatures, yeah. and they will also re remind you about the Bellonopteron unit in the game, which is a whale with legs. It's nightmare fuel, and I love it. It's wonderful. Yeah. So I know you've mentioned what you want to do in the lead up to the release on Steam. I, I don't know if this is sort of thinking too far ahead, but you mentioned that there was stuff that you wanted to put in but haven't yet. I'm like to do with scope creep i guess do you have like a sort of a top list of things that you do want to add that aren't in there yet i do um kind of entertain myself and within this whole realm of not actually being allowed to do features i'm kind of slowly planning out ideas for a dlc eventually i guess like one thing that's been kind of planned and never really implemented was a thing basically neutral towns like towns where instead of being of one faction or another, they're basically neutral towns with the unit setup being procedurally generated. So instead of there being like one or two neutral towns, there's actually like thousands, literally, which is something I do hope that I'm going to return to eventually when I have better time to test and implement the, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I think that'd be really cool. It would fill out the game world a bit, but also give you some maybe some challenges leading up to taking on other factions directly. So I think that's really cool. Looking forward to that. Well, I mean, is there anything else you want us to know about Heroes Arrow? I mean, like I, I, like when we started this, you know, you gave us a really good synopsis on what you would expect from Heroes Hour. And, you know, I, I think basically calling it an homage to Heroes of Might and Magic, and, and, but also with very clear and unique gameplay mechanics that make Heroes Hour unique in and of itself is a way is a great way to describe it. And I think that anyone who watches it, in fact, if if you want to, you can go and check out 
you know, gameplay on our YouTube channel. I'm, in fact, this this whole interview setup is was an impetus for me to start recording more of it, so you guys can go check it out. But is there anything else you'd want anyone here to listen to, that was listening to know about Heroes Hour before we wrap things up? So the thing I usually tout about the Heroes Hour when people are asking about it is that hey, you can just go and you can just pick it up. It has a free demo, and the free demo is quite generous. Like. That's what people tell me. It has four out of the ten factions, and apart from that, it has like all the gameplay. Um, you can easily sink plenty of hours into that if you're you're not sure if it's worth your money. So that, that's my that's my advice. You can just if you if you're curious, you can you can have a try. If you if you like it, I'm looking forward to maybe meeting you in the community. Yeah, I will say for me, the demo immediately sold me. I played like 10 turns and turned around and just bought it. <laughs> I was like, this is, a, first of all, the price point is amazing. But secondly, I just could see the amount of love and passion just oozing through the game that I immediately, I mean, it was dumb. I know this is so dumb and I know that you're going to be like, wow, it's the little things, right? But the one of the details that really stuck to me was that once I went and like, I think I claimed a crystal mine or something and the little like little mine carts started coming back to my my town and it was just such a cute little addition such a, a you know like a it was just something that had so much personality immediately like you know just to see these little mine carts making their way back to my my town and i was like oh wow that's that's adorable and then i got into the battles and like sean said like things were just you know they were hectic enough and crazy enough that i was kind of laughing i mean chuckling and it's very very infrequent that i'm like you know having such a good time with a game that i'm you know i'm chuckling to myself so for me i i really really want to see heroes hour succeed i hope that you know, it's the best for you that that the Steam release ends up being all that you want it to be. And, you know, for our part, we're going to be watching you and we'll have, you know, videos and, and everything else that we can do to help you out. But I mean, Benjamin, it was really great to get to know you. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about Heroes Hour with us. And I'm very happy to have you and also the interesting questions. I'm always happy when I get to not just talk about my game, but also talk about procedural generation. So thank you so much for that. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, no, it is really nice to talk to you. And um, I know Rob mentioned Heroes Era a while ago, and I didn't really follow it that much, but then I watched his video, and that sucked me right in. And then I just went, all right, I have to play this. And like he was saying, the thing with the carts, I do really like that. All, all the little animations, like those little touches, they really make it. They, they really make the game. And um, I, get, I guess you take it quite literally now when you say that procedural generation is life. <laughs> <laughs> it is his life, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be here without it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Great stuff. Benjamin, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it and best of luck to you. Thank you and, and you too. This was Rob, Sean, and Benjamin for Explominates. Until next time, keep exploring.